This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is She's the One. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the encumbered, estimatable, lawful, good, chaotic, neutral, sweet and sour, purple, diamond, sweethearted man, Justin Waddell. What's going on? I mean, here with you. We're in, in person We're in here. the fizz. We're in the fizz. <laughs> we're in the fizz. Yeah, we're, we're, we're corporal. Listen, listening to the, the sizzling brown wall action here. Yeah, this may be a wet episode. Oh my goodness! I don't think anybody's complaining about that though. No, no, they—it's been a long time since they heard the dulcet tones of Brownwall. Yeah, last time we recorded here, the only time we've recorded here in two years, family was out of town, so they was pissing shit upstairs. <laughs> this sounds like a sink or a dishwasher, maybe a bathtub being drained, but it's wet and wild, and you sounds, can hear it. Sounds like a roaring crowd to me. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Hey, Brownwall. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. We got the third installment of Burns Month. Yeah, it's it's that's a good thing. I noticed that hashtags picked up a little bit. It's trending. Yeah, yeah. hashtag Burns Month. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's just, uh, there's no wildfires going on on the West Coast. <laughs> it's that, cramping it's our style. Oh, I th- I thought maybe that's why it was trending. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wildfires out of control. Let's let's capture it in a cute hashtag. <laughs> I lost my house. Hashtag Burns Month. That's <laughs> true. They they might not do that. Or people are like raising lawsuits left and right. It's like our house was clean and dry, and then they started doing these movie microscope episodes, and look what's happened. Look what's happened. But yeah, we got to come together, celebrate. I mean, let's we maybe we should pick through it a little bit. How genuine are we being when we celebrate Edward Burns? I mean, I, you do actually like old Ed, Ed Burns a little bit. I don't like him. I love him. <laughs> and you know he is. I was reading, like, you know, he has always, he's been a you know writer, director, actor for a long time, but he's kind of, at this point, almost more well-known for his uh, acting performances in movies that he didn't write or direct. Correct. Yeah. I would equate it to John Sayles. John Sayles, fantastic writer and director. Mm-hmm. Good actor, too, actually. Yep. But made his bread script doctoring. Right. You know, it, when you call Spielberg, when you call... You know, Toby Hooper. Well, you won't call him, but, you know, you call somebody in Hollywood. You say, uh, get me sales on the phone. They're not thinking about to direct something or to appear as an actor. They want, oh, he's going to save my script. Right. Yeah. And Burns, is uh, he's going to save our movie. It's like it's like if Woody Allen was hot and didn't 
make good movies back then. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. kind of Ed Burns. I mean, Ed Burns, like, so his first two movies made money. So, we, you know, we didn't do Brothers McMullen. That's his first one. They, yeah. you know, hit yeah. hit the indie That's scene hard with that. Zoom here. I like it. And then did She's the One also kind of made some money? Well, Ron she's Wall. the One is his second film. Yeah, and then that's it. That is it. Yeah. No more making money for Ed Burns when he wrote and directed anything. Now, he has, has a TV show going. Anyway, we don't think to get into Ed Burns. I just wanted to see how genuine you were when we're celebrating this man's well, career. Well, I mean, th- this whole Burns month obviously is the came out of... Uh, a, a flight of fancy, maybe wishful mm-hmm. thinking. Because I'm dead serious. I'm deadly genuine. Yeah. Yeah, I want to celebrate this. And we're doing She's the One. And I don't want you guys to confuse that with, you mentioned Woody Allen. We don't <laughs> want to con- confuse it with his romantic comedy. She's One. <laughs> Brownwall, Brown Brown unrelenting. <laughs> oh, I've never s- heard this before. You have to. You think about this. I mean, uh-huh. we 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 are thirsty for uh, human contact. Right. COVID had an effect on everybody. It did. Actually. It had an still. effect on Brownwall. Oh, Brownwall. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who's been dormant? You know, mm-hmm. maybe performing in in in, in uh, absentia, but craves a spotlight. Brownwall. And, and if by spotlight, you mean a very poorly listened to podcast. <laughs> well, no, I, th- I don't say it's poorly listened to. Well listened to by a select few. Uh, we don't need to get into, dive directly into this. How's, how's your life been? You know, I know this will come as a shock, uh-huh. but I've spent a lot of time in hotels lately. You've been on the road. Yeah. Right. But the good news is I get to go back on the road in like two days. So Yeah, I know. You still masking out up there? Cause you know, out there, cause they're, uh, you know, they got that variant going on now. So wh- how Loki? how are you handling it? <laughs> I, I wear it where I'm supposed to wear it on the plane, in the airport, all mm-hmm. that, and I don't wear it when I'm in the wild. Yeah. You know, I did my part. Mm-hmm. I know most people aren't doing their part, but you got the vax. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. And but, Ed but, Burns got his Mac scene bonds and <laughs> <laughs> had. I know. <laughs> yeah. Turns out she wasn't the one, sadly. A spoiler on the episode. Mm-hmm. And on their personal life. Yeah, I mean, and what about you? What you been doing out there? So, you know, I, I still wear the mask when I go in, into stores and stuff, for sure. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously I have toned it down a little bit, but it's getting scary out there again, Nick. It's getting nuts. I mean, if you believe the lies, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. The crowd has died down. The brown wall. Brown wall is subsided. Spent. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Jeez, that was a epic. Yeah. And, you know, brown wall celebrating Burns Month. Brown wall's smoking a cigarette right now. <laughs> um, what else? So what else is happening? Anything exciting? Not really. You know, the... the Anybody give you any gifts or anything? Well, I got cool? some a treat from you today. I gave you a birthday gift a today. A little thing for outside, a little krillin tool. Very cool. Yeah, a little, little table. <laughs> Origami table. Yeah, so it's called, right? Yeah. It folds very nicely. And you thought it was for your birthday. I, I gifted you that for Burns Month. <laughs> you know, we beat around the bush quite a bit. Edward Burns is a uh, a national treasure, uh, the epitome of a blue-collar filmmaker, loves his Irish Catholic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in a, some of the reading I've done, says that he's, you know, he actually, in that community, he is sort of a uh, a beloved figure because of what he's done in terms of shining a light on 
you know, it may seem heightened to us, but mm. that lifestyle and the way he captures it is actually fairly authentic from what I understand. Mm. So good for him. You know? Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, in this movie, he slut shames, but yeah, I guess he did mention the church once or twice in the script. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you is that what you meant? No, I just meant you know the the family dynamic and the way people are with each other and the way that they repress things mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Slut shames. Uh, no, but that's what this movie kind of has. I think there's a little bit of a a problem with that in this movie, but it's also kind of a fun movie. Also, uh, yeah, a bit of a churchgoer, Ed Burns. Still. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, still love him. Mm-hmm. Wonder yeah. if ever, if ever, ever delights his the, his fellow church members and reads a homily or something. You know, reads yeah, or maybe he's his uh, little squeaky he's, voice. He's out of town, goes to a church maybe in a neighborhood he's not familiar with, and they're like, "Oh my God, is that the guy who did No Looking Back with Lauren Holly? <laughs> is that the guy?" That That's did? another. Yeah, that was. God, well, he That's what Lauren followed Hawley. this. Yeah, Lauren Holly. That's now she is gone, right? Like she does she act anymore on Lauren Holly? I don't think so. Kind of dumb and dumber. She was in Picket, like on TV for a while, but she never really had much of a career, correct? I kind of like her, Lauren Holly. She was in that Air movie with Ray Liotta, right? What's that? That horror movie that what was it called? Turbulence. Turbulence. Was she she play a flight yeah. attendant? Yeah. Was she in that? I think she was the the lead. They did like three mo- three of those movies. I and you know who the, took over I from? I do, and it makes me so happy. I wish that in every fe- every series that Ray Liotta <laughs> abandons, Craig Sheffer pops in. <laughs> you see Narc Two? Oh, Sheffer nailed it. <laughs> is he? St- he has to be out there. That is a, that is such a strange trajectory for him because he went from like he was in a river runs through it, like, but he was never he never he never had the moment. Because he, he was second, I mean, he was always second fiddle. Like you think about yeah. in that, obviously Brad Pitt and even Robert Redford's name. But he was getting bright. gigs. He was getting gigs. Well, he's a good actor. And then he was in. All, he looked a little too much like Swayze. Is that what do you think? No, he was? doesn't. He looks. No, he doesn't. Kind of Swayze esque. He's got more Boreanis than Swayze in him. You think? He looks like Taylor Lautner, Patrick Swayze, and then maybe Martin Cove. After a few, popped into a fly telepod together. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. And then, he, of course, he said, I'm going to take my big swing with the Star Wars of horror movies, Nightbreed. Yeah. I mean, that's his big leading man. Isn't that the, his most well-known? I would say maybe. he Wasn't he in Hellraiser 3? It runs through it. Hellraiser space. 3. He was in the yeah, space. Yeah, he was in the Hellraiser, Hellraiser movie. Yeah. That's an interesting career he had. Yeah. Yeah, I know he starred with or was married to Gabrielle Anwar. I don't know if he was, it was I, it. He's still not. I guarantee they're not together. They're not together, but I think he might have been married to her. Or at least they're in a movie with her. A little, t- little subtweet about him. He can't cook. It's kind of ironic. <laughs> Man, where's his comeback? You know, where's his... He's not going to have it. Where are they pulling... He needs his you know, director to pull him from the ether into a modern-day film so people can see it. Uh, he's a... I'm sure he's doing fine. I'm, I'm sure he's. Let me let me narrow that down. He's how, still able to afford living in the Los Angeles area. How do you think his COVID went? Solid. You think? Yeah. He's doing a lot of virtual, uh, you know, conventions and whatnot. I'm sure. I if he's an anti-vaxer, it'd be interesting. I, I hope. I hope so. So you know, Caviezel. I think Jim Caviezel. Remember? Yeah, Sheffer. Yeah. We've done a Sheffer movie already. This this show, Fire in the Sky. That's right. Well, it's not really a Sheffer film. He's in it. Yeah, well, there's no such thing as a Sheffer film. but That's not true. <laughs> there's got to be. Yeah. Turbulence 2. 
Um, anyway, so the, you know, it, the, I'll give him, a, I'll give him a, a little notch in his belt, a little gold star for integrity. Yeah. Josh Gad tried to get them together for a fire in the sky, reunited apart, and he said, "Fuck that." He wouldn't do it. He said, "No." They had Sweeney. They had the alien. They had Robert <laughs> Patrick. Everybody else was completely on board. Shepard threw his fucking considerable weight around. Good did they him. have what's his face? Did he would he did he come back? Which one? The guy they based the story on. Travis Walton. Uh-huh. Travis Walton's the one who reached out to Gad. Said, "I know that you're probably busy, Mister." You think Gad. he's still slinging that story? It has to be. You think about it, now more than ever is the time. Yeah. You know, H.H. Abrams has a documentary series coming out this month on UFOs. He does. Yeah. Yeah. HBO. Walton in that. Striver's out there killing it. You know, the, they're trying to compete. Do you think that they ever got mad? Like, remember the uh, the guy Jack Hanna? I think he just died. He was like the animal expert that would come on talk shows, and he would get all bent out of shape about like the crocodile hunter or like the other people that yeah. kind of had more fame. Do you think that the UFO, the fake UFO <laughs> abducted me? Guys are ever like competing like that? I'm sure that they are to some mm-hmm. extent. I think I think there is an element though where they appear at conventions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they they just have to sell theirs even harder, you know. Yeah. But it's, there's a renaissance right now with the footage being released. With that was mm-hmm. that declassified. There was that guy, the sort of whistleblower guy. Uh, I know Steve Alton worked with him on a couple of books. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know the fact that um, extraterrestrials are real um, and <laughs> that they are among us. I think that's another thing that's kind of helping the cause. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, all this leads back to the fact that folks were doing the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in, we reach into ourselves through barrier appendages and eyes and sandwich meat, and we find ourselves cascading through the monoliths on a steady course for knowledge. We sit down into the polka dot horizon and look at each other as if we were but mere sphinxes amongst the earth. Watch a film through broke clean, <laughs> yep. dander eyes and. See what makes a break. Share what the likes of you. <laughs> so if we're talking about two for the money, we're talking about the scene where Matt McConaughey bets Al Pacino he can punt him 20 feet through a goal post and <laughs> smallest target ever. A little hot and bothered suit too big for himself, Pacino. Talk about the little moments. There's two a, for the money? Is that Ron Shelton film? What, what, where's this? What's two for the money? It's the gambling, sports gambling I don't movie. Know if it, it's got to be Shelton then, right? Probably. Yeah. A little-known McConaughey film. I don't, I don't even really remember. Well, here's Pacino's the problem. Pacino, McConaughey, and there's a, a, a pretty woman, a woman in it. Mm-hmm. Is it? Might be Anwar. Gabrielle Anwar in there. Do we bring it all to? I can't. We couldn't have brought it all home. Uh, his wife had to be in it. All, uh, what's his face's wife? Lolita Davidovich. Yeah. Um, two for the money. I'm here's the problem with two for the money. Uh, this is that. This is his sort of midnight meat train. Or his, uh, what, Bradley Cooper, it's his Limitless or whatever. You know, you think about McConaughey was just about to break. This was between Days of Confused and Sahara, I'm thinking. Nope, DJ Caruso. Oh, Oh my God, I was so wrong. Um, Who's the girl? Dan Gilroy wrote it, too. It's not Charlize. It's somebody solid. Dan Gilroy wrote that business. Rene Russo in this. Maybe Um, it's for Rene Russo I'm thinking of. Mondesante, Jeremy Piven, Jamie King. Jamie King. Mm -hmm. Underappreciated. But he had black hair, slick back black hair, which is not a McConaughey look. It isn't. No, you're right. It's a Mike McGlone look, though. God, the hair budget on this. They paid a lot of attention. This is very. This movie is very hair concerned. I'd say. Yeah, she's the one. She's the one. Mm-hmm. Edward Burns' the second feature, as a as a as an auteur, a charming 
more more polished spin on sort of the vibes of Brothers McMullen. That was shot for thousands. This was shot for three mil. And uh, I have to completely be upfront. Huge movie for me when I was younger. Really? Watched this a lot. Love this movie. Why? I fell in love with Ed Burns. I fell in love with a lot of these people, and I fell in love with the the style. You know, it's funny. I was thinking this was going to be sort of one of those situations where I haven't watched this movie since the 90s. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be one of those situations where, like, in, like Super Troopers or or maybe – I still love Super Troopers, mm-hmm. but there was that was a time and a place kind of movie. Sure. Especially with some of their other stuff. I thought this might be a hard a hard visit back, and I felt energized coming out of it. So, that was so cool. your big thing, though, in this is the reason you like it so much is Mike McClone. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and, then, and he told it, his performance totally held up for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of cute girls in it, too. I mean, like, that was the other thing, too, mm-hmm. is there's, like, you know, there's there's always eye candy. There's always uh, there's always somebody you love. Like, just seeing John Mahoney again makes mm-hmm. me happy. You know? So um, he's what I'm talking about, eye candy. <laughs> Ed Burns brought over people he worked with previously, Mike McGlone, who we talked about, also Maxine Bonds, who was his girlfriend at the time. They came over to work with him again in a similar story, he said. You think this one's a lot like Brothers McMullen. I can't remember the it's, plot of that. It's This is more entertaining. And that, this one is even was going to even be called, this, I think, at one point, The Fighting Fitzgeralds yeah. is what it was going to be called. Yep. So that's even similar to The Brothers McMullen. He kind of did deliver on that, though. He did, like, that Fitzgerald family Christmas movie. Yeah, he did, which, Mc, which McGlone was in, at, like, uh, 2013 or something. McGlone was in that? Uh-huh. Looks like I got, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Made a, Didn't make that much. Love Mike McGlone. We've yeah. done a McGlone film on here. What did we do? The Bone Collector. He's in that. You're right. Playing the, a similar character? The McGlone Collector. <laughs> McGlone's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's, let's list the cast. He got a big cast for this thing. Cameron Diaz, which I think after she was sort of a name. She was in The Mask before this, yeah. Jennifer Aniston, who was a name. Who made his, his, was on Friends, so this it was a big get for, for him. And the, she had been a leprechaun. A pre-success Amanda Peet. A pre-success Leslie Mann. Right. You got Phil Leotardo. Frank Vincent from The Sopranos. Right. Which this may be before Sopranos even. Yeah, 96. So yeah. when did The Sopranos start? Maybe after. Gosh, the world has changed. It's, you can't tell with Frank Vincent anyway because he has looked the same forever. He looks different now. Does he? Is he still no, around? He's no longer amongst. I think we lost Frank. Did we? Yeah. We lost John. I know, Mahoney. I think uh, they're the only two deads in this. Maybe the oh, the limo driver was... Frank McCourt's brother, the famous author. What limo? The limo driver that Mike McGlone had. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah. guy was like Tony. He was uh, Frank. He was famous brother. Uh, M- Malachi McCourt. He lives still. Who? Malachi. He's the younger brother of Frank McCourt. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brownwall. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm not full of my ass about Frankie Vince. He's no longer around. When'd he pass away? He died in in seventeen. It's a crying shame. He's fun in this. He's got a couple of fun scenes. And he's not mean. He's he's playing a, a character that you don't hate, which is nice. He's trying to get his his daughter played by Jennifer Aniston is having uh, sexual problems with her husband, who is played by Mike McGlone. He won't he won't sleep with her anymore, and. Um, the dad's trying to give her some advice about how she could spruce up her sex life. Yeah. Awkward, to be sure. You know, 
Yeah, this is considered a romantic comedy, but it veers off into science fiction territory very early into the movie. <laughs> when Mike McGlone won't, won't sleep with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they spent $3 million on this movie, but you know what they spent zero on in mm. this movie? Bras. <laughs> yeah, well, Maxine Bonds certainly goes without. No, everyone. Every single person. Really notice. Yeah, well, I okay. mean, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Leslie Mann, Amanda Peet, everybody is... Was that a trend? This movie feels very '90s, certainly it, with the clothes. The clothing is insane. Uh huh. Ed Ed, uh, Ed Burns is big shirt in it through, and big coat in it when he can. <laughs> yep. He really is. Like yep. it's like he's wearing extra large shit, and he's a slim dude. McGlone's got the pleats. Mm-hmm. You know, he's right? a biz- he's a Wall Street guy, so he's got the business business suits. The only one stuff. who I would say probably escapes unscathed fashion-wise is uh, Jennifer Aniston. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's in. You know, kind of known as a fashion icon too, so interesting that you say. And that. a hair icon. Yeah, exactly. A very trapped in eighties hairstyle for her. And her little or nineties. She's I'm got sorry. there's a scene where one of her hanging little bangs is a gets a little like a it's moment gonna, in the sun. Gets a little play, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't say that Ed Burns is a, a fashion icon. Like he's wearing he's wearing a lot of flannel in this. Like he's wearing a lot of I think it betrays the uh, blue collar aesthetic if you mm-hmm. if you're showing off a little much. Sure, sure. But they, there's a lot of worrying over about their hair in this. Both him and his brother are played by Mike McGlone. They, there's one point where Ed Burns puts on a hat and he makes sure to tuck his hair in right, that, so when he pulls it up, it will not mess it up. He is, he knows where his, he knows where the bread's butter. Yeah. And it's hair follicles. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And McGlone is, as a matter of fact, you look at a photo of him today and he's still got that look. He is still the, same in it. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's a Frank Sinatra impersonator, or he makes sings sense. lounge music. Yeah. Got a little bit of a resurgence with those Geico commercials. Made me happy right. to hear him out there. He's got a great voice for that. Right. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't act too much. Right. He's not in a lot of stuff. But he's when he shows up, he's pretty great. I would love him to be an audiobook reader. I'd love to see him on The Mandalorian, playing himself. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. Yeah. He's got the helmet. He's already ready, ready That's for right. space. So, the, the the basic premise of the movie is a uh, very intertwingled. Uh, love connections yes. that, that cause some trouble within a family circle. Everybody's fucked up. Everybody's got some problems with their lives. The love. Everybody has relationship problems for sure. Um, and uh, so it starts out with this, you we're introduced to this, this uh, family, the father, two brothers, and a, a mom that's there, you know, that she's in the picture. I thought she was dead at first. But Ed Burns makes this decision never to show his mom. She's like the teacher in Peanuts, right? Right. And so yeah. they always are talking about the mom who's supposed to be always at church or not there. But she's always commenting through their father, played by John Mahoney, on their lives. And very disappointed, especially in Mike McGlone, who is, who is like the biggest, like the kind of the butt of all the, the family jokes here. Yep. Even though he's the most successful out of the two brothers. And Ed Burns, who is getting over... A near marriage, like he he almost married Cameron Diaz's character, and then she cheated on him. So then he went into the wilderness for three years, and he's come back to be a, a cab driver. Yep, it's an honest living. That's a big thing with these guys, authenticity. And they make everybody's making fun of him and his family for not being not not the dad so much, but the brother for not being not having a job that has much of a future. Yeah, but his name is Francis, and throughout the film, they're making plays on his name mm-hmm. calling him other girl names they know. are right yeah yeah francis being the mike McGlone character and yeah. and mickey 
Is that right? Or Mikey? I mean, of course it's Mickey. Mickey being uh, Ed Burns' character. How Irish? <laughs> Mickey Fitzpatrick? That's I right. mean, that's about as good as it gets right mm-hmm. there. And um, they have a boat. The boat is very important to them. They like to take it out fishing, drink beer. It's called the Fighting Fitzgeralds. That's the, they, that's what they call their Fitzpatricks. That's what they call the boat. <laughs> Sorry. Is it Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick. Do I keep saying Fitzgerald? I think Fitzgerald is Ed Burns' like middle name or something, but it's Fitzpatrick. And uh, let me zoom in. Mm-hmm. Huge fans of Kennedy. That's his middle name. Yeah. The F stands for. And so then Ed Burns one day is Super zooming nice. his cab around the city, and he, he passes up a fare because he sees a hottie played by Maxine Bonds. She's in the cab. You think that they're just kind of, I thought at first that they were pretending not to know each other, but that's not true. This is the first meet. They really hit it off. Yep. He's taking her to the airport. She's going to fly to New Orleans to see a friend of hers get married to a plumber that that she had just uh, had an affair with. And then she decides, well, hell, this cab driver played by Ed Burns who wrote the movie and directed it is hot. I'm going to upend my life and we're going to ask him to drive me to New Orleans in his cab instead of me getting on this flight and then what happens they fall in love they fall in love and get married yeah. on this trip whirlwind romance right ever have one of those oh god all the time yeah yeah like yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I had a, a, a hoagie the other day that... meet someone all of a sudden you're it's you're knee deep in a relationship that's happened that happened to you all the time uh, no I was saying like I, I saw there was a sandwich that I was watching getting made mm-hmm. and I knew that was going in. I always thought that expression meant you fell in love with a tornado, which frowned upon. What do you mean? World War Romance. Yeah. I you think some... Let me ask you this question. Do you think some tornadoes look better than others? Fuck yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Think any? think anybody's out there that is attracted to tornadoes compares pictures and is like... This one's not floating my boat. Yeah, and actually, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes... There's a there's a percentage of the culture that likes thick women. Mm-hmm. You know, the... yeah. I think they're the torn- a thick tornado really gets. You think that's what? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's, it goes against the uh, the the mesomorphic appreciation mostly. You know, like a lot of people really kind of dig fit people, right? Right. Tornado, it's the opposite. You see those little wisps. It's like this thing couldn't blow me. You right. know. It's like not touching down. It's. it's yeah, it's 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 and it's, like it's, it's not, it doesn't have the integrity to last. You know, it's like uh, they look at a thick mm. tornado like this is going to take at least a door off my shelter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Right. Anyway, so he comes back and announces to his brother, hey, I got married, man. Let me into your apartment. He, he comes back and he's like, you know, this is my wife. She's cutely sitting on my cab, the hood of my cab. Let us up. We'll talk about it. You know, Maglona's just having a fight with Jennifer Aniston, his wife, because she's concerned that they haven't had sex for a while. And he's like saying that they're, it's fine, that they're, they've been married for a while. They don't have to have sex every night. And they're in a little bit of a down cycle. Right. And he's busy with work. Right. And so she's, she has a whole conversation about how if he's not going to have sex with her, she's going to continue using her vibrator, which she's horrified by. Yeah, he's not really into the vibrator. Mm-mm. And she, he's like, there's no vibrator in this house, and she begs to differ. And then she suggests that maybe they use it together and that he's horrified. Yeah, I heard uh, secondhand that, mm-hmm. you know, opposite of a, a method actor, Mike McGlone, he was like, Jennifer, you know, maybe we should practice fucking. Maybe you should meet you in the vibrator, go into your trailer and super fuck. 
who knows what kind of relationships happened on this film. I couldn't zoom in that hard. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Ed Burns and Maxine Bonds were together at this point. Right. But who knows Right. what other, you know, relation. You know, maybe Mahoney and Cameron Diaz. Maybe Malachi McCourt was throwing the bones to the mom. <laughs> Rolling around in the shed with somebody. Yeah. So, anyway, he McGlone's all pissed because his big thing is he's so mad that his brother didn't tell him he was getting married, even though it happened to him, you know, like quickly, and then didn't ask him. He couldn't be the best man. And that's he's so upset about this the entire movie, which is kind of funny. Which is, an, I think, an Irish Catholic thing, right. too. Right. And then Ed Burns, meanwhile, and Maxine Bonds are just kind of navigating this new relationship. He, She's got this apartment that they're living in that sucks. Like, it's, it's just, like, really, like, problematic. Ed Burns hates it. But you know, I don't think he was living anywhere anyway. Like, he... He's lucky to have a place, right? And he certainly broke. She's and she she works as a bartender with and Leslie Mann's her boss, yep. her, her coworker, friend, coworker. Yeah. But anyway, they're navigating their this 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 relationship, and they're they're feeling each other out in more ways than one. But they're also nervous about the future. And Maxine Bonds is keeping something from Ed Burns, and it sucks. It doesn't suck. It's not. It's nothing that's that problematic. She's moving to Paris. Yeah, she's Paris, but she's going to get her PhD. From the yeah, and then he doesn't know this, and when he finds out, it creates a little bit of drama, but not much. Yeah. Well, what I, does he have going on, honestly? I mean, he doesn't have much, he's, but he does. He is definitely a centered. He's the center, most centered of this group. I mean, what makes this movie what it is is the, the vibe that they give these characters. You know, sure. There's a lot of walking and talking. There's a lot of scenes. I mean, it is. This is a. This is all dialogue. This whole movie is just conversations. Mm-hmm. Sort of Edward Burns' thing. Mm-hmm. He's like. Kevin Smith with a workout plan, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, the dynamics that they that they create between him and McGlone is specific. Him and Mahoney, mm-hmm. each of the, each character, like you know, there's a really fun little thing that he's done with these guys. Like I think that if you want to fault the movie, you, there's plenty of things to fault it for. But I think what he did pull off really good was to actually create rather engaging little moments, like mm-hmm. little moments between these guys. And 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 you're talking about the scene where where McGlone and Aniston are having their thing. What makes that scene funny is the, the pompous cockiness of McGlone, the way that he's delivering these lines, uh, he is having a ball just playing this. Sure, no, no. And I think the movie is interesting because it's, I think the actors here bring a lot to it. I think Diaz and Aniston obviously are talented. McGlone's a talented actor. Like, he's great, yeah. you know? Um, and that, that, that really energizes the film, where whenever it gets back to Burns and Bonds, it's, there's not a lot of energy there. You know, like, it's, you know, especially Bonds, like we always kind of make fun of her, but she really is deer in headlights in this movie. And I, you know, she's she's fine, but she doesn't she doesn't really. There's not a whole lot there. And Burns kind of has the same problem. I think I think he's kind of better than I thought. Like uh, when I watch him in this, I was kind of expecting him to be bad. He's not bad, but there's he gives away a lot of the good stuff to the other actors. He you know does. I think he's actually really good. Uh, he's yeah. He's 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 definitely like super charismatic. But it's super. It's just like there's not much going on. He, like I said, I think he gifts he, the other uh, actors. His the, entire the role in this like, is reactionary. Yeah, he just he just has little like smart ass comments to mm-hmm. things, which is you're right. He gave a lot of the better stuff to Mahoney and to McGlone and to Aniston. Aniston actually is great in this. She's always good. I think she's a really good comedic actor, but she's a good actress. But D, you know, this thing Diaz too though. Dia's she's always good and she got a little bit of range like she she uh, see she is given us she's at the most thankless role in this but she plays like a kind of like 
a character in this that's kind of mean, yeah. but then she's likable. Like she's like she's kind of she does mean I, I, things, and you still like. I her. think I don't and think you kind of root for her. I don't. This. I I don't get that at all. I I actually get that she's she is seductive, and she's well. You're happy she doesn't end up with with any of those guys. She you're ha- happy that she ends up with with the guy that likes her because that's what I'm saying is when I said that term at the beginning of this slut shaming, they do make fun of her background quite a bit as a joke, like because she prostituted herself to get through college which Ed Burns brings up quite a bit. I don't think it's slut shaming as much as it is just the Catholic thing. That they're these these I mean if you think about the way that these people were raised. I mm-hmm. think he's I mean I don't know what Ed Burns' personal take on that is, but I think it's more about how these people that grew up in these Catholic mm-hmm. households where that is a super sin. I mean that's like such a big deal to them. Yeah, but like the fact that like another thing this is such a like male fantasy thing where Ed Burns is like she cheated on him she has his past. He's mean to her about brings it up. He's the guy that's kind of righteous, and she still wants to be with him. You know, like you know, she even though he's treating her like shit and like dirt, she's still like, well, you know, I still, I still run a. She's just as mean to him in those scenes. She was mean to him in the past. I'd say she's, she's also taken. They're both taking swings at each other. Every scene they're together. She just, scene. but she wants to. She wants to hop on him. Yeah, but she also wants to hop on everything in this movie. He kind of does want to hop on her at the end. Though. Yeah, he abs- No, he does, but they want to hop on each other. And then she says it. She's like, "Will you hop on me?" Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "I, I want to hop on you, but I can't. I'm hopping on my wife." Well, he's like, "Actually, I'm, when she's she, hopping when he's Paris. thinking about hopping on her, he is currently without anyone to hop on." Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're right, because Maxime. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that. But yeah. anyway, like, let's get back to Maxime Bonds. <laughs> you know what's funny? I used to really hate her. I thought she was like this leaden anchor. She's not as bad as I thought in this. She's bad. That she gives, she gives nothing. It's incredible. There's a scene, and I look. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Like I would, I would be so much worse. She's beautiful. Um, she's got talent. I'm sure. Like she's still in stuff. She's probably gotten better as an actress. But in this, she doesn't have much of a character. Like she, you know, Burns obviously writes her as this perfect cutie. You know, like and and uh, but she didn't get much to do. But there's that scene with her and Mahoney where she's like, I'm gonna go talk to your dad. And the whole scene is Mahoney talking to her. Like, she just sits there. You she asks a few questions. That's not her fault, but sort of isn't. I, mean, I think part of the problem is she's got those gigantic eyes, like those big mm-hmm. eyes, and uh, there's not a lot of emotion in them, I think. Yeah, and maybe she got better. Like, I haven't seen her. She's still acting. I'm sure she's picked up a few things. She, I didn't know she was a big-time model before this. I mean, it makes sense. She's she's very pretty. It's just it's just so funny watching her because she, she really doesn't give – I, and part of it, I mean, when you compare it to the energy that the other girls bring, like Amanda yeah. Pete is a, st- a scene stealer in this. Yeah, Amanda Pete is in, like that's funny. It's funny because she's obviously a gifted comedic actress too, but she's always good. And she's so, just and, and the thing is, she's playing a one note New York sister like yeah. that character. Like I've got that person in my family, that exact person in my family, right. except not as good at the job as as Amanda Pete Pete just like super confident on screen like hilarious like it's just where's she what's she doing now is she she's gotta be she's a mom I think I know she's on a Netflix series last time I right but I I think she's really kind of doubled down on her family she married married uh, Sudeikis no uh, Benioff from Game of Thrones yeah and they're often mistaken for one another who'd you say Jason Sudeikis he's (laughs) with Olivia Wilde was Uh, what Splitsville bro you got hot goss a little hot goss here. Olivia Wilde was shacking up with uh, Harry Styles. <sighs> That's and a- Sudeikis is like a drift, but then he has a, he has this hugely 
uh, and I think he's with like an actress from that show. But his show is so huge. He's like, yeah. I mean, it's the toast of the town. Ted Lasso. But yeah, he's bumming out a little bit. I keep waiting for Gal Gadot to show on there. She hasn't yet. What on Ted Lasso? Yeah. What? She's perfect for it. <laughs> anyway, what is it gonna say before I started tripping down the hot goss lane? I was gonna Slut say shaming. No, I'll say something else. Talk about how sweet Amanda Pete. Right. She. Div- wonder if she was mad about the Game of Thrones finale like everybody else. I wasn't mad about it. You were a little. He had to be a little disappointed because I wasn't that mad about it either. I, but mad, I was no. a little disappointed. I wasn't disappointed at all. Really? Not at all. Not at all. You weren't mad that they give uh, the throne to what's his face? No, Bran. Yeah, you oh. had to, that had to be a disappointing decision at least. No, I thought it was great. It was a chess move, <laughs> dog. They had that fucking. They had the king in plain sight. Remember they were saying like they everybody had to like say why he's the perfect would be the perfect choice, and then there it was like even the actors they couldn't say it with a straight face. So like, well, a throne is for sitting. Who's better at sitting than Bran? <laughs> Perfect, and he went, he went into a bird during that. Um, anyway, so Amanda Peet is great. So let's get back to she's the one. Um, Ed Burns, like, what a weird kind of career, huh? You know, I he's been making Nick. He's been making movies. This is a 1996 film. His last hit as a writer director. He's still making movies. Still, yeah, that no one sees. Like, it's not. No one sees them, and then he has that. Now he has that successful. I guess it got renewed. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mean it's successful. But it's Bridge and Tunnel. That is it on Stars or something? Some it's sh- on Epics. Epics, right? Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, you want to talk about he won. By the way, he won because mm-hmm. he he's he's done. A, he's been in a, you know a decent amount of stuff. He's, he's well, he's in one a, missed call for sure. He's yeah. got a, a very nice family. He's put together a very happy little family. Sure. Um, of course he did. He still he he managed to to navigate Hollywood for twenty years. Yeah. More, yeah, and he's still in there. Yeah, he's still like you know, guys. We're shooting a movie this weekend. I can't believe he and Dennis Leary haven't bonded on something. You think about Rescue Me, like Dennis Leary's creative process mm. is so similar in terms of the kind of material, like the the Irish Catholic experience, sure. the sort of blue collar thing. Those guys should be together, right? I think that may be the secret. You get Jim Serpico to give a call to the, both of those guys. Say, so let's let's bring these powers together. Leary and Burns? Are you kidding me? Oh my god. <laughs> You shouldn't even say it out loud. It's as if it were created specifically for me, to be honest, because yeah. I would, I would live happy. He's not a hit maker. He's not a hit machine. <laughs> Zoom in. I gotta relate. Red Burns putting out content that no one cares about. <laughs> <laughs> we're the we're the Ed Burns of podcast. You know, man. Ed Burns a huge fan of Ed Burns. His work. <laughs> I, I definitely can empathize with what he's. We going are with. maybe that's why we relate. We like him so much. Yeah. And he's making movies. Seriously, he's making movies for nine thousand dollars that can't make the money back. I mean, maybe they, maybe you, that one did. You want to talk about two sides of a coin? Mm-hmm. Loves their work. Mm-hmm. James Gunn. <laughs> Nobody loves James Gunn like James Gunn. <laughs> he is in his ego is going to be off the charts coming up because his. Now I'm excited about his movies, Suicide the Suicide Squad, the sequel to the successful. Suicide Squad by David Ayer, right? Everybody's loving it like so far, and he cannot wait to soak it in. Yeah, you know, oh, he's he, already. There's stories popping up every day about something he fucked. You know, it's. it's like, well, I, they. May, I, I watched the original, and my only question was, do I have to use any of this? <laughs> I 
well, he called it the Suicide Squad. Like he's erasing the last film, I guess. But um, by the way, uh, I watched Green Lantern last week. Okay. The on you know the extended mm-hmm. version. I kind of sure. like that movie. But Angela Bassett plays the same character that um, Viola Davis plays in Green Lantern. Yeah, and she plays her the same exact way that Viola Davis plays her. She didn't play Amanda Waller. Yeah. In Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And, wow. she, and it's so funny because when I saw her, the way she walked into the scene, I was like, gosh, she's, she reminds me of Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. In, so, and I don't know the DC folklore that much, but yeah, she played the same character. I just think that James Gunn is going to share the wealth on this. He's going to share credit when it's success and spread the wealth, you know, just, you know, not talk about too much of how it's all about his doing. Yeah, celebrate someone else, you know? <laughs> hey, you know who surprised me? <laughs> You know, I really love, you know, David Dashmalian, man. That guy really surprised me, his ethic and all that. You know, and then, of course, you hear that they had to be coerced into bringing Harley Quinn into the film. <laughs> is this a true story? This is a true story. <laughs> coerced. He had to be coerced. Like the only, the only, DC said, put her he, in When this. he threw the hammer down about, do I have to keep any of this stuff? And the guy that's in charge said, we'd like it if you brought Harley in. But you don't have to. We don't want to upset your brilliant, warped mind. Your vision. Look, here's the thing about... I, I did hear him say this, that he was he wanted to see the Harley that he loved from the comics and the animated show. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about Margot Robbie's performance, or Robbie's performance. It, it, it's not been good yet, you know? <laughs> she was the best part of the fucking Suicide Squad. Absolutely. No, yeah. of Suicide Squad. <laughs> that's right. And I, I didn't watch all of Birds of Prey because it got me. I just got headache from it. I didn't love Birds of Prey, but she's great in it. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. she's the best part of it. I, it's it's hit and miss that movie for me. I mean, it's okay, but she's. I mean, there you can't really fault her performance. So yeah, he didn't want her in this. Yeah, I mean, he had to be, be he had to be nudged a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was the olive branch. Anyway, I like. I'm in a weird position because I do like his movies. I like. I'm excited about this one. I just it's just the ego thing. No, and trips me up. James Gunn. That's what that's what makes us so irritating, right? Is he was one of us, sort of like there was like this thing. He he was, you know, a guy from Troma. Mm-hmm. You know, he made some fun horror movies. He's he, you want him to be the guy. You want him to, to to succeed. Actually, having him in the Marvel universe actually gives you some a security blanket. It's like okay, you know, mm-hmm. they're not all corporate you know types, but he just he just not do himself any favors with some of the shit he's pulling. It's just, a, yeah, it's a, the marketing around his genius is, is well, tough. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he Although, was... Although, you know, get, Taika Waititi, who I love too, is getting kind of the similar treatment, so... Yeah, but he hasn't really done anything not to warrant it yet. Yeah, maybe not. It's so funny. I didn't realize that was him in Green Lantern. That's so weird, isn't it? It, it doesn't look like him. Yeah, well, he's obviously younger, but it's just, it's funny. So let's it's, talk about those, how much cigarette and cigar smoke. Yeah, so right? get back to that. This movie is very cigarette. Very. They can never heavy. make this movie today. Well, it starts off with the cigar, which you're you like to see. I believe it was a Macanudo, which is a company right. I I represent, which is kind of cool. And then um, all of a sudden, everybody else in the movie, this is pre vaping, obviously. So they're they're just they're just smoking normal cigarettes. Holding are always holding cigarettes, lit cigarettes. Uh, not Burns. He's not a smoker. Bond's not a smoker. I don't think are they? Burns has cigars in this, but everybody else seems to. Uh, yeah, well, McGlone for sure. Aniston. Yeah, but McGlone is always McGlone, a yeah. cigarette. Yeah, he's a good cigarette actor, though. I will give him that. Yeah, it's not like it's funny because his he he didn't do like what a lot of actors would do with this role, which I like. 
is a lot of actors would get a character like this and try to make them likable. He did not. Like his, he makes him a fucking joke, and he's like hard to like. And then you like him anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I, there are moments yeah. where he lets his defenses down. There's a couple of scenes where he does with his brother and his father. His father makes a case for him in a scene that he's not in. Like he, when it gets back to him, he's a piece of shit. No, but there's a scene where he's intimating with his father, and his father's busting his balls, but he's he's being honest, and he's let his defenses down. A little bit, and yeah. then in the apartment scene where him and Burns go at it at the end, he he kind of is exasperated and kind of confesses, and he's you know he's disarmed a little bit. I, I think it's one of those things where he, he does he let is, down the facade. He is unlikable, though. You have to say. I mean, in this movie, him and Diaz are both they're hard to like. He's unlikable, but also how the fuck like he's got Aniston and he's got Diaz after him, and he's a very wealthy guy mm-hmm. you know and you look at Mike McGlone it's like this is a but he and he also what I like too is that he he's a dumbass like he like he'll he's insecure about it. like he keeps saying how hot he looks how's the hair oh I love but it but he gets worried about like so he always is getting also getting like ripped on by Diaz who says at one point he she's been sleeping with this older guy in this mansion and she he calls her and he's like I want to see you and she's like well I'm still I spent the night Papa at Papa's house, which is that's strange. And um, he's like, she's like, why don't you come over? He's gone all day. And she's like, I'm not coming to that guy's house. She's like, well, you won't see me. So he does. They went mm-hmm. over. They sleep together. And then she says that she faked an orgasm with him, but with Papa, yeah, he made her uh, for real orgasm three times. Yeah, and that doesn't send McGlone into a tailspin. He's actually like, whenever she says I faked my orgasm with you, he says, well, of course, yeah, of course you did. I love that. <laughs> He's like, that's part of the, that's part of the, it's part of the deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's only whenever he realizes that maybe older men have more uh, sexual prowess than he Which does. Which is confirmed by his limo driver who yeah. constantly throws rain on his parade. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah he's always asking he is limo driver for advice, uh, boasting about himself, but then asking for some real questions. Yeah. 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 And the limo driver's paid to not shit on him. Kind of. And he still does. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know he's shitting on him because he's asking him questions that are mm-hmm. in theory that are completely about him, and the limo driver is dropping super hard hard breaks onto him. Mm-hmm. I love it. And actually, there's some really funny little editing moments in this. I think it's it's plus, fine. You you really like it though. I love it. I love it. And I love the fact that it's got some Tom Petty music that was sort of unreleased because he had the Wildflowers is my favorite of his mm-hmm. records, and this was from those sessions, and they took the songs that didn't make the album and used them here. Which is badass. It's like a weird curiosity, I guess, because the uh, Tom Petty fan, like, it's a really, there's some great songs on it, but it was released as a soundtrack to this album, this movie, right? So it's kind of like not released as a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album. So yeah, not mentioned in, in his eulogy uh, is that he uh, he always backed winners. Giving he away. also does the music for this. Like, it's not yep. just the, some original songs or whatever yep. songs you said they had in the back catalog. Uh, did you notice that they that at their at their apartment they had a um, the old standby? They had the boombox with the detachable speakers, and the speakers were detached. Oh, did remember they? that? Remember yeah, that? Of course, we, I had them. I had one. We were able to. I don't know if you guys are that old. Old, old. But man. They used to have these boomboxes that were so they would double as a personal home stereo, and when you're at home, you could pull the speakers off with these of flimsy wires and and spread it out. Yeah, you got to get that sound around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got that that mm-hmm. Iowa sound out there. Iowa, Iowa was the yeah, A I W A was a big uh, boombox brand for me back in the old. It's also a state. 
what what was the what was that brand Emerson? That was when you knew you took a big shit. Denim, or but no, Emerson was the denim? sign of you denim? fucked up. That was you settled Emerson. Oh, Emerson. Yeah. What was there? There's a couple that I would just like. Pioneer. Yeah, but like, what was the one that's just like it was like super super like. I have to think. I, I know you're talking about. Um, fancy one. Yeah, super fancy. They had the store in the mall. They had the stores in the malls. Maybe. Um, there was Huffman Coos, maybe? Wait, what was that? I don't know why I can't think of it, because I, I used to really want one. I remember that Rockford Fosgate was the car version. Like, if you, you were really made it if you had a Rockford, Rockford Fosgate okay. system in your car. And then at the mall, they had this high-end store with the fancy audio shit. It was way out of everyone's life. Yeah. Come I used on. to work at a high-end store in the mall. So did I. Musicland. Worked, worked at a Ozone. What's Ozone? It Game store? A baseball player's... Um, oh, wow. That's perfect for you. Gadget shop. So the big... I guess the big dramatic moment... There are a couple of things here is that Maglone is sleeping with Cameron Diaz. He's cheating on his wife. He refuses to have sex with Jennifer Anson because he doesn't want to cheat on his girlfriend, which is very strange. So Anson's thinking they're having relationship problems. Um, Ed Burns doesn't know that his brother is sleeping with his ex fiance. Right. And then Maxine Bonds, his new wife, Ed Burns' new wife, going to Paris. Right. So that's kind of the this that's the drama here. But then they throw a curveball late in the movie. The man dispensing advice to his sons about women also left. John Mahoney also left by his wife right. <laughs> at the end of this. Um and she's been sleeping with this cute little like hobbit looking hardware store <laughs> guy. That sucked. That they meet, that Bonds and Burns kind of meet at one point. He's like very like interested in the mom. Keeps t- keeps saying Burns, tell him Ed Burns to say hi to your mom for me. He's been saying hi to the mom every day. Yeah, he's been talking right into the body because she's been faking going to church and not faking going on top of this on hopping on top of this hardware guy. Yep, in the back room. What? Has John Mahoney not been putting out? That's what I want to know. Oh, he also he see he confesses to the fact that he also had used this bullshit down cycle shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know he was giving some bad advice. Down cycle is what McGlone is giving to Aniston to explain why he wanted sex with her, and so that the down cycle becomes a, a big term, like a word in this movie or a term in this movie that they use a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and do you do you, do you think they're they're uh, talking out their ass? What do you mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, McGlone is. I don't know about Ma- who knows what Mahoney. They don't really spend a lot of time. Mahoney might just be straight up having pee problems. I think that's probably what's going on. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think he's just he, he's got that boat. And that so boat they is they so do close. a lot of. There's a scene between Aniston, who is talking to Amanda Pete, her sister about a friend of theirs that is getting divorced and found out that his wife was cheating on them. Like this whole thing is all everybody's cheating on everybody. Right. And so it, so McGlone's like, who is this guy? He's very interested in someone getting divorced because he wants to get a divorce. And it turns out that her, the friend, he knows his friend and this guy's a fatty. And he just goes all in on saying how fat this guy uh, is. As he runs on and on and on. And he calls him a yard ape. Yes, he does. I mean, yeah. That stuck with me. But at the end of the movie, this suit, that's who Aniston <laughs> ends up with, and they just cast like a chubby guy for, yeah, her, he, to, he, for her to sit next to. 
Do you think she uh, she probably regrets some of the choices here? What do right? you think? No, it's fine. She's it. Look, she says to McGlone, she's like she can't waste time being with someone who doesn't want to be with her. And obviously, this guy's gonna. You know, Anderson's a cat. She's cool in this movie. She's got a job. She's got a good job. She's pretty. She's funny. Right. This yard ape guy is probably thrilled to even get a call from her. Yeah. Let alone immediately be inserted into a relationship to make Mike McGlone's character look terrible at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Even worse. Now, I say yard ape like we're laughing about it. Is it a horrible term? Who knows? I don't know what this I've never heard this before. I think they just made it up. Sounds like a compliment in a way. But good news. They drink a shitload of Arizona tea in this movie. I, I noticed that. It start, this movie kicks off with a bunch of Budweiser's being poured, like yep. cans of Budweiser's being poured into a cooler with some rinky-dink sandwiches thrown on top. Yep. Um, and then there's Arizona tea everywhere. Yeah. And there's a lot of Guinness as well. Yeah. But Arizona tea, what do you think? Love what's, it. Love their green tea. What's the verdict? Love their green tea. You do? Yeah, love it. Get a tall can, get a big boy when you get. You know that. what's funny is, uh, you know what's big in the borough I grew up in is Snapple. That's what they of drink. Of course, well Snapple. That's when so I was disgusting. high school, Snapple. Everybody's drinking Snapple. It's awful. Yeah, I, I would fight to the death in favor of Arizona over Snapple. Seriously, what about New York Seltzer? Do you uh, ever have any of that? Of the course. stuff. It's tasteless. It's like uh, not enough sweet, too much Seltz. You know. That was a big thing for us back in the day too. Yeah. Those little tiny bottles, mm-hmm. black raspberry. Yeah, of course, delicious. You didn't like it. Oh, yeah. it was. It was before people really got into that. Into that. Nothing bit. cooler than sitting, you know, leaning against a wall, hanging out with your friends, drinking New York seltzer. I'm not gonna argue. Super cool. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and then there's the guy with the orangina just sitting there, like I'm ahead of you, Pitts. But I weren't Julius. That's not anything like that. I know, but have, have when's the last time? Because those are still around. They are. They're always partnered up with like a Blimpy, or they're yeah. in the mall tied to a Hagen Dazs or some shit. That was always a disappointment every time you get Orange Julius. I'll tell you what, the the, the name sucks. It's and plus the product sucks. Yeah, it's like a it's, it's like a frothy a, orange juice. Yeah, but yeah, I would still like to see some of these. I would love to see some of these characters drink some Orange Julius, though. Right. I mean, I'm not a huge Arizona. Fan. I don't like the design of the can. I, I hear you. Not a fan. That's not. You're judging a book by its cover, though. Maybe I don't know enough about it. Maybe there's a reason than just some graphic designer spitballing yeah. at two in the morning. Like I, I think this is it. It's like I think a cacti here and maybe some sparse color. <laughs> Put some turquoise and reds. Um, Arizona tea in this. I also, could... there's a brick of a laptop that shows up on Mike McGlone's lap. No wonder he can't get it up. Yeah, burning holes into his No wonder he can't give people orgasms. He has got a 40-pound laptop right on his crotch in this, and he's tip-tapping on it. Um, He's learned nothing from Amy Brenneman. He does. (laughs) Yeah, there's a point when he's doing that, and Aniston has decided that after some advice from her parents, she's got to slip into something a little sexy and yep. kind of throw herself at Mike McGlone, which means she tosses her hair, lays down inside him. No, bed. she also puts on a Victoria's Secret. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and She's looking cute, and perfect. she doesn't even take his eyes off the laptop. Yeah. Well, he takes a look at her and doesn't – it looks like there's a, he's almost acknowledging that he doesn't. He's, he's a dummy. He's in love with Cameron Diaz. He's like, I love a lady with a – you know. But he's not, though. That's what that's what Ed Burns tells him. You're not in love with her. You just love the idea of being in love with her because it makes me feel bad. That's kind of what's going on here. 
It's like you're winning. You're marrying the person I couldn't, you know. And McGlone was like, eh, maybe. I, I mean, mean I, I don't know if you're the same way, but I, I one of my, like, desires, I don't mean to go too deep here on the show, but one of my desires is to be with a woman who has more t- fun fucking old guys. <laughs> it's one of my kind of things, you know. <laughs> She mar- she marries Papa at the end. So McGlone like gives uh, I'm, her. A- I'm glad we got some some finality on that storyline. So she McGlone gives her a wedding ring. Like and she's like, "Well, you're still married." He's like, "Look, this is a pre-engagement." Yeah. Like he's like just and like as you notice, what what? How does she open the box? There's a snap on it. And you said, "What does that mean?" Snapple. Oh no, it means it's high end. If yeah. Was, if you had a snap before you open. She's like, "Can I think about it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll wait." So he thinks, but. But um, but in the meantime, he kind of finds out about her past because Ed Burns spills the deets. He used to be a hook, and he he can't you know McGlone can't deal with it. But then he takes the night. And he's like, I can deal with this, but too late. Cameron Diaz marries um, an uncasted old man who's in a limo that I, you never get to see. I was I, hoping that they would Tom Selleck would roll out or something. So I know. thought it'd be great if it was. It looked like Julian Glover after he drank from the wrong grail, like <laughs> you know, yeah, something super old, yeah. Just all shitty. keeperish Yeah. Yeah. Looking like Ruth Gordon on a weekend. <laughs> Something great. Oh, Cat Stevens song comes on. Yeah. Ruth Gordon. I love her. Rosemary's Baby. Harold and Maude in this. Yeah. Well, one of them. Mm-hmm. Love Ruth Gordon. I do too. She was in one of the eight. Wasn't she in the eight movies too? Like to go every which way but loose? Maybe. Sounds right. Oh, it was Clint Eastwood. Never mind. <laughs> All right, let me let me go through my notes here. Oh, Burns, let me zoom in on his acting style. That a lot does a lot of like slanted face, like sideways acting. He's always kind of like doing this, you know, like kind of looking away. Yeah, like a little Burnthal. Yeah, a little Burnthal, but kind of like he's always cocking his head, and, you know, and, and kind of leaning into the other actor. You know, what I'm saying that's his. It must be his good side. There's you know no bad side on Edward Burns. And sing it, sing it from the, the rafters, the rooftops. <laughs> Shout it. Turlington um, agrees. But yeah, he's always doing a little bit of that. See if you notice the next time you see Burns, if he's coming in crooked. You mean tonight when I watched that <laughs> movie with Mike McGlone in it? <laughs> the Christmas, the Christmas Burns. That you know what we have to do in December. Then if we're still, you know, killing this, yeah, we're doing that Burns. Well, we'll do another month of Burns, but we'll let's do a yeah. Christmas Burns. Um, I want to send uh, a, a note to him, like get it, get it to his agent or whatever. It's like, look, we're doing every movie, mm-hmm. but we like pushing you to the front of the line, so you better get working it. Oh, we start demanding pay. We, yeah, we can start. Yeah, work faster, Edward Burns, because we have episodes waiting. They said they accuse Google sometimes of people for the search. They pay Google to like kind of to promote, push them up yeah. in the search. We should do that. By the way. Astoundingly, another Bruce Willis movie popped up onto iTunes t- today. This Still weekend. making them, huh? He's got that one guy, that one partner he has. Yeah. yeah, shady. So bad. Anyway, I thought. So, do you know those Zen gardens that you kind of rake? Do I know them? Like, the, you know, what I'm talking about. I eat at a Chinese restaurant with one. But then they're always like, kind of people do it to. But then people actually have them too. Right. That's what McGlone's hair looks like in this to me. <laughs> Well, I get the same reaction. I get the same fucking inner peace when I see him. <laughs> I wonder if the the hairdresser on set, the the or the makeup person, or whatever, 
ever kind of went into like some kind of trance or something coming to that hair. I could understand it. It's cute that you think he would let another person touch it. <laughs> oh, what about that lamp? Little that, guy chugging beer? He's not chugging beer. He's shouting. He's like doing this. He's like hand up. Oh, I thought he was drinking. I thought at first too. I don't think so. I think it's like a, it's like a, it's like a fisherman. Oh, it's an Irish shouting lamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's one of them. Right. <laughs> Should have known. Irish shouting lamp, huh? So they both are fighting at the end about how they had the greatest woman in the world, the brothers, and they they let them slip through their fingers. At the climatic moment of this film, Ed Burns finds out that his brother has been sleeping with his ex fiance. Correct. And they have to fight it out. They go into their yard, so great. put on the boxing gloves, and the dad officiates. They're gonna box. They're gonna box over this. They're gonna fight. Maxine Bonds is there. Mm-hmm. And so then Ed Burns wins. Sucker punches his brother. Kind of not even sucker punches him. He just does it. He just punches him once, knocks his brother down. So funny. And Bonds is mad. She leaves because she thinks that there's still something between Ed Burns and Cameron Diaz. He's not. She's not wrong. Yeah, but it's not. She it's don't, not. He doesn't mind seeing her. In fact, at one point he goes to get an old TV from her apartment, his old TV that he left there three years ago. And there's a whole ten minute long scene where Ed Burns Ed Burns is carrying around an old tube TV. Never puts it down. Those things are heavy. I'd say it's about a minute. I'd say it's about ten minutes he's walking he's rolling through the scenes with that thing. And at one point he's sitting on the couch, it's in his lap. Doesn't put it at his side. Yeah. Like I would I would be looking for places to put that thing. If I was there to talk, yeah. oh that TV would be I'd put that down so much. Those things are so heavy, it hurts. Hurts to hold those TVs that are so heavy. It hurts to think that somebody would, f- would go out of their way to get that TV back. Mm-hmm. It's like a 13-inch TV. <laughs> it's a little bigger than that, but it's not huge. But he still, it does look big on him. It's a 19 at most. You think so? Yeah. Those things are heavy. Oh, yeah. I moved 55 thir- What about a 36? Do you ever have a 36-inch tube TV? I did. It was a mistake. Uh, I don't remember. I think it weighed like 700 pounds. I actually picked it up from the store... And I tried to get it to my apartment and damaged it because how heavy it was. I, I had one that was a table. It was like built into the, uh, it was like a shelving unit. Built into the cabinet? Yeah. yeah. That thing was uh, something else. Because, you be know, awesome. remember back in the day where we have a record player that was a, also a piece of furniture? Of course. Yeah, it came out of the, it would hide. Yeah. And then you would say some secret code at it and it would stick up. Or you like, press down on the top. The coast clear is the coast clear. And then yeah. you would play the 9 to 5 soundtrack or something. It's like, hey, uh, it's like, let's get some... Uh, some Engelbert Hupperdick in this dogs. <laughs> but anyway, so that so after that fight, then they're at a bar. They're kind of like made up, but they're they're saying how sad they are that the, the women kind of these greatest the greatest women in their lives that they'd ever known are no longer with them. Because Maxine Bonds says she's going to Paris without Ed Burns. Doesn't even give him a choice. Yeah, he don't look that bothered, honestly. The thing that bothers me at the very beginning, they go fishing. Right, three guys, mm-hmm. four poles. Yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe one of them's indecisive. It, may, it makes me think like maybe it's, you know, like maybe dead homie kind of thing. So you mentioned Leslie Mann in this, who's a bartender, works with Maxine Bonds. You liked her. You liked the way I, you, I, I, you remembered, remembered her from. I just remember she was cute in this. Yeah. He he goes to her at the end and is like, where's, where's my wife? Yeah. And, you know, Leslie Mann never liked him. So she's like, look, you blew it with her. It's too late. But it isn't too late. And in fact, 
And so John Mahoney calls her, and then, you know, they never let women on the boat. That's the big rule. Yeah. But he lets Maxine Bonds, who is, who he has not bonded with and yeah. has showed low energy when they've talked before, her and Mahoney, yeah. onto the boat. That's how the movie ends, kind of, like the, a lady on the boat. Yeah, it's great. And then they're taking her out there to dump the body. They're going to kill her and dump the body <laughs> into the sea and get rid of their problems for once and for all. They don't let a lady in the boat. McGlone can't find the man in the boat. It's like a really weird little <laughs> circle going on. McGlone proudly bad at sex. Like this incredible character trait. Yeah. Does not care. Like when it's brought up that his wife has a vibrator, he's upset that there's a vibrator in the house, not that she is using one. Right. Like he's more upset that there's one in the house. And then the fact that when Cameron Diaz tells him that she faked her orgasm with him, it does not throw him that much. Yeah. He's a, he's a little bit angrier that older people are better at sex. He does. That's what kind of throws him. See that that should give him a, gl- a gleam in his eyes. Like, man, I'm only gonna get better at this. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole little subplot about how everybody is accusing him of being gay. Yeah. Because he won't sleep with his wife. And, they, you know, there's a lot of, like, Ed Burns teasing him for being gay and stuff. Yeah. Does, does not age that well. No, it's fine. Because uh, he, they, nah, you got it. There's no harm in this movie. There's no meanness in this movie. I don't know. Old age, maybe. I love it. Makes me happy. You love it. Where's it? Where's it? Is it streaming anywhere? I know you I own it. I bought it. I had to buy it for this. Right. Yeah. Is it streaming, though? No. You sure? Positive. Hence me buying it this morning. Oh, you looked? Yeah. <laughs> you bought it this morning? Yeah. How do you not have it already? I, I had it on VHS and DVD. Yeah. I, it's just, I, it didn't make the transition. Although, I, the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, this in 4K. <laughs> this is, you know, we, we're proud to announce this is a, a new addition to the Criterion Collection. They're going to put this one up here. I wouldn't be angry. What did they do that I have, like, they did something recently. They, oh, they put, um... Deep cover. Yeah. A criterion collection. Is that Hammaker Schlemmer Schlemmer, is that it? Is that the audio store? Harmon Carden? That's it. Yeah. And it was That's what I was that, thinking, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Is it Harmon Carden? I think. I might be saying it wrong, but it's close. That's the store? I'm it's no, it's not the store, but that's that's one of the high end places. Maybe. Or I'm sorry, high end uh I think they do high end audio stuff. Harmon Schlesher that sounds right too though. For some reason I thought there was an S in the one that I'm thinking of. Okay. Crutchfield's a big one. Yeah, it's a catalog. No, but they also make equipment, right? Crutchfield? Yeah. You, you were running out of time. Have you perfected your Burns voice yet? Oh, no, I'm not. Have I'm you not. been trying? No. Well, that's that's and that's not. That's coming. It's coming? It's coming. It'll be ready for the end of the month. Are you going to have to use any tricks? Are you going to get it naturally? I'm actually going to have surgery done. <laughs> <laughs> Look, boats come to shore. Mm-hmm. Coming to dock in a CD Hamlet. What about CD Macbeth? CD, as you like it, and uh, you hear the whirring sound amongst the fishmongers, and sure enough, there's a tat artist there. Oh wow! And he's begging you to get a tattoo on your person of uh, something from She's the One. She's—he's begging you, or you're begging him? No, they're begging you, and you—and you're like, you don't need to sell water to this thirsty Irishman. I'm here for this. Yeah. What a coincidence. That's yeah. exactly what I came in for. What tattoo would I get on my person from She's the One? Yeah. So mine's simple. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> someone asked me that question. Across my breastplate in fancy letters it says fair trade. And underneath, I've got Jesus Christ himself on the left. As you remember him. Sure. But with McGlone's hair. Slick back. <laughs> And on the other side, 
Hmm? I got Mike McGlone. Not with Jesus' hair, but just traipsing over water. Just tiptoeing over the water. Fair trade. <laughs> they both got something out of the arrangement. They, d- they did. Yep. Jesus got to clone Mike's hair. Mike walks on water. Yeah, and he does walk on water to you. Yeah. So I think of this the meet cute here where Maxine Bonds and you know Ed Burns is in the cab. He's just picked her up. She's leaning over the the divide in the car, like the seat. She yeah. got her arms up. It's cute. And she's looking at Burns' face. She's like double checking if he's a super cutie. Totally into him. Mm-hmm. She likes what she sees. And just picture that on a tattoo right in the center of my chest. Mm-hmm. Right, taxi cab yeah. window. You see these two. Yeah figures and then on the back you see the back of the taxi the headlights the back you know the tail lights and stuff and just a just married sign you know yeah and then above in the middle of just married i put like a little like a little triangle like a little it says uh, just about to oh be yeah and then married you know because yeah. they because that they, they haven't taken their trip yet I want to get it picture accurate. I want to get it movie right. accurate. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. Look, you've been given the money to do your own sequel to this film. <laughs> I mean, I, I, <laughs> sounds like a threat. A lot of transactions had to happen. A lot of palms had to be greased. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, you check that statement, and your money is fucking wet. It's liquid. Yeah. We found the only problem with this movie is Ed Burns. He's out, but you're going to make the sequel. <laughs> Was he going to be in it? Uh, it's for you to convince him. This is his world. This is the She's the One world. This is the She's the One universe. Yeah, yeah. And you're asking another director to step in and carve it out? $190 million budget. <laughs> Mocap out the ass. She's the one, too? She's the... There, it's, yeah. She's the one, too. They're the two. It's called <laughs> They're the Two. And what it is is somehow uh, uh, some sort of a solar flare happened. Mm-hmm. Sent waves throughout the Earth. McGlone and Burns become Siamese twins. Mm-hmm. They are conjoined. So are Bonds and Leslie Mann. Super conjoined. Of course. So these guys mocap their shit out of themselves, and there's a, a meet cute with two conjoined twins that super get it on, and it's just th- them trying to create their own new Kama Sutra uh, as a as a foursome. Sure. I mean, no bras, everybody's tight. They got ILM, they got digital domain, they got third floor did the previs. I mean, it is no joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hardcore raunch. First ever. Almost two hundred million dollar completely sex film. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it'd be talked about. Yeah. So you're onto something. Yep. Mine would be called would be called He's the One. Okay. And it's this it's you think it's a sequel, it's not. It's the same time. It's from <laughs> okay. her perspective. You find out about her life and they're the and the you know, the the brothers are kind of the background characters, but you get a focus on her life. It's a lot of her eating cereal and yeah, walking to work. Oh, we're talking about bonds. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of recipes for success. And so you get there's some a lot of sh- shots of like her at the bar, like waiting tables, serving drinks. 
going to a museum at one point. You had me until Stop now. looking at your watch. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to do it real. Yeah. Just have a real like, real perspective, you know, from her. I don't know. Could you? How would you spice that up? Straining over a toilet after a burrito dinner. Well, they do say that there's a hole in the ceiling of her bathroom in her apartment, and, and Ed Burns complains that she can he can see up the shorts, the boxer shorts, yep. of the man that lives above her. Yep. And she said, oh, you've met Mr. So-and-so. And he's like, I don't want to be staring at this guy's junk. It's Pecker. It's Pecker through his shorts. And she's like, you don't have to hold your eyes like up for longer than a second. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that would be, I think that's that would be my sequel. And then you kind of find out that she's actually a being from, carved from wood. And brought to life by a Geppetto-like character. <laughs> that's who you get to meet. And that's Papa. The, the oh, Geppetto is Papa. The Cameron together, Diaz. Yeah. So he kind of Edward Scissorhands bonds the life in a way. Geppetto's her to life. And then that explains her kind of wooden acting. She hasn't realized really kind of realized how to be a person yet. Like this. There's a whale, of course. <laughs> On the way to Paris, they get swallowed by one. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's that'd be my uh, okay. sequel. I just think it keeps getting funnier. The more I talk by about whale it. and Peter Pan or, or Pinocchio. You don't remember this? That's what I would do. I think I think it's a recipe for success. All right, so you are in the film. Your character in this yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, what shape does your performance take? I'm the third brother. We see that fourth fishing pole, right? Mm-hmm. It's for him. Right. He's a. Uh, He's a vegetable. Oh, he doesn't. He's in a vegetative state in a hospital out in the valleys. Okay. Know, down in, you know, like on the way to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Hasn't moved in a long time. You know, right. And that's my character. And so while all this love is happening, all this betrayal, all this stuff, I'm, I got a tube. I'm just motionless. You know, I'm living a, a like a plasticine existence down there. Mm-hmm. And then I, a little bit of poop comes out. Okay. Just a little bit, and I drew some too. Okay, of course, happens. Yep. Now, are you, ra- are you wrapping this up yep. already? Yep. Dutch Fitzpatrick. Is he the older brother? Yeah, or he's the oldest of them all. Oh man, first out. And what happened to him? Do you, do you know what? No, he was born that way, like complete, completely, just a fucking husk, man, just a velveteen golem. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no, man. <laughs> I'm Cameron Diaz's neighbor. Okay. And um, and uh, I hear all this yelling and fighting in the apartment. I come to kind of the my door. I open it, and I'm concerned. I I hear this shouting, people angry at each other, and I see this man walk out with the TV. <laughs> I realize that it's fine. It's just maybe an ex, like an ex of hers or a, a brother or something that, you know, and they, and she's fine because she doesn't look worried. She doesn't look mad. She looks like she consented to this. Like it's not thievery. Mm-hmm. And so I just go, hey, man, you need any help? And, he, and Edward says no. And I just go back into my apartment. <laughs> and then I walk, and then I go to the window and I look out the window and he's kind of directly below me with that TV and I, I do a little spit on him I, I nail, nail it right on the TV 
And I go, then I'll show him. Yep. To myself. That's it. That's my character. And then when she's there with Maglone and he can't get it going, he's like, need a little help? <laughs> That's my character. A little. I'm a little bit of a cool cool neighbor. Yeah. You know, a little nice on the outside, but kind of maybe a bit of a stinker. I don't think he would have actually helped with the TV, probably, if he said yes. I would have. Yeah. Movie's over. Credits have rolled, but lo and behold, Burns has tacked on another scene. Known for his extended scenes, his yeah. deleted scenes, yeah. yeah. Or his uh, scenes over the credits. Yeah. Always has Stan Lee in there somehow, too, which blew my mind. He was, like, way ahead of the curve. I got a blooper reel, and it's just a collection of stuff when Maxine Bonds <laughs> emotes and Edward Burns cuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, less energy. Yeah. You know, did you drink a soda during lunch? You know, something like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this that's what I do, a, blue, a little blooper reel. Like, your eyes are at normal dilation right now. I don't understand. Uh, not... Edward Burns holding his head straight. Cut. He says cut himself. My fault. Reset. Go ahead. What, what, do, you, um, what do you got? So they are, she talks him into, like, really going to Paris and making it making a go of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the most expensive place in the world, and they're broke. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like buying into it and the closer they get to the airport the more he's buying into it by the time they get to the airport he is full on matter of fact they stop at a B. Dalton and grab a French for dummies book wow they're yeah. serious yeah. yeah he's gonna pull you know he's, he's like did they make green berets like like that you can buy do you have to earn those Is that, can I get like a little beret that's green like to celebrate my Irish heritage but also not I don't want to have to fight the Viet Cong she was like done stop at a you know Burlington or whatever. And then he gets a little whisper from the guy who buys a beret from him. These are hell on hair, and he throws it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Sold as fuck. Um, and He's then, thrilled about Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And at mid-Atlantic, the engine goes out, and they plummet to death. <laughs> and Burns is freaking out. He's like, he's like, he can't believe it. He's like praying. He's on his knees in the aisle. He's like throwing up, and then he turns to Bond, and she's just like... She's she looked up. Ahead. She hasn't looked up from her coloring book. <laughs> oh no! This will dent we're, planes. Hey, we're gonna die. Oh no! <laughs> Turns out Vulcan? Malachi McCourt's piloting the plane. His wife's giving him a handy, and that's why it all went away. Um, we do know a little bit about the limo driver's sex life. Yeah, this movie's very concerned, very interested in people's sex lives. When when she when she gives him permission to run roughshod over her, she he takes it out. I thought it'd be great if he went into way too much detail there. He's like, you know, we plucked each gray pube out. <laughs> Don't need to cramp in my style. Sometimes she lets me land on it. What does that mean? It's like, she used to be a hairy one, but I tell you what, we plucked the grays out, and now she looks like a rackus down there. Like, there's a... F- <laughs> <laughs> well, too much. Too much info. So uh, the plane goes down, huh? Yeah. Plummets into the sea. Yeah. They may have made it. Every soul on board killed, though. Some... Gl- some... <laughs> <laughs> so Bonds is fine. <laughs> is this how the whale gets involved? <laughs> so look, you've been given the money to create your own She's the One related business. That's right. What have I done wrong? What happened? 
Yeah, well, that's nice of them to do that. I wonder if they had merch. Actually, I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Railroad spike. out there wearing a she's the one t-shirt or something you know yeah or a hat no bra for sure i've partnered up with fashion bug <laughs> and also lane bryant for the plus size folk of course and i've created a she's the one kind of retro fashion boutique at the okay. mall sure you know uh you get you know lots of stripes lots of pleats lots of buttons and shit yeah, it's basically own. inspired by the look of the film. Sure. You know, each season we kind of focus on one of the characters, you know, the, the Fall Magalone collection, mm-hmm. you know, the Spring with Bonds, you know, all that shit. And um, we actually have partnered up with um, a, a Bangladeshi uh, manufacturer to create whatever, sort of like a, you know, think about the blue collar thing. A member is only that you don't have to be a member. A unique jacket that you don't have to be part of some club, you know. Sure. It's got, little, it's got extra pockets for your fucking, you know, wishes and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And just, we kill it, you know. And, and uh, mannequins are all modeled after Maxine Bonds. <laughs> yeah? Not the body type. I mean, the, the performance. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. What Do you have any, do you have any title? They call them anything? Is this just like, she's the one brand, she's the onesie or something? What are you oh, calling your stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Nope. You haven't thought that far ahead. You just nope. you just want to get that clothes clothesline going. From yeah. She's the one. I mean, I partner with Hot Toys. You think of the DeLorean from Back to the Future, I do. Volkswagen from Herbie the Love Bug. Yeah. Just famous vehicles, but maybe the airplane. From yeah. The, airplane. the the car in Ghost Story that went into the swamp with the body. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I was thinking of yeah. yeah. The uh, hearse from Ghostbusters. Yeah, this is you follow what I'm saying, right? The Cadillac convertible from Terminal Velocity. The bike from E.T., the bikes from E.T., that's what I'm talking about, the vehicles. We're yeah. talking about all the same popularity. The, just these kind of iconic, Christine. Oh, yeah. Bransky. No, but Christine from the Stephen King uh, book. Right. There's um, other ones. Christine. But famous vehicles, right? Yeah. And so people like to own replicas of those things, like the Millennium Falcon. The Dumb and Dumber Dog Machine. Exactly. They love it. They love putting those things. And I'm like, you have a Gap Hot Toys I don't. I don't see it in your collection. Do you not have the Fighting Fitzgerald's boat? And they're like they're red faced. Yeah. And like, why don't we think of that? I said I thought of it, and we'll get it. We'll get it going. And so I just pitched them the the boat from the Fighting Fitzgeralds. And god damn, you're right. There's going to be replicas of John Mahoney on there and <laughs> um, Mike McGlone, Ed Burns. Yeah. Uh, wife's on on there, but she's invisible. And the, and the priest at one point? Bonds. The priest is on there. You can put them. And all these are removable. Yeah. You can put them on. Oh, fuck it. Leslie Mann. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tony. Yeah. The limo driver on there. Uh-huh. Um, Frank Vincent. In his limo. So you can actually put Tony and his limo on the boat. Wow. Yeah, Frank Vincent on there. Amanda Pete. What do you think? I'm down. I, I, you sold me. If, it, go, if it goes well, can they do the cab? Huh? 
Cab, uh, yeah, cab can be on there. You mean do the cab? If that's if that's a hit, can it lead its way to the cab? Sure. You mean it burns his cab? Sure. Yeah. It's in the planning stages. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's what I do. And just sit back and wait for the money to roll in. You know. <laughs> Look, you're at sea. You're drifting. You got an island where you've accumulated all this debris from all these different films. Yeah. And it's time for a big one. You're bringing shit from the... She's the one. Yeah. Interesting. If you think about survival on an island, there's a lot here that to take it in consideration. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot. There's plenty. I mean, you did mention fishing poles earlier. That'd be handy. That would be super efficient. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm not a good actor. Mm-hmm. So, we talked trash about her, but she's better than me. I think I'd take Maxine Bonds' chops out there. And I'd yeah? Be wor- I'd be working on it. Her acting prowess. Just getting, I'd just get the chops and start fucking holding a skull and talking to it. You know? You know, do all sorts of weird shit. Got plenty of skulls to pick from on your island. <laughs> Picked clean. It's a fucking so, hellhole. So I'll just add that to my collection. Yeah. Her chops, her, her yeah. acting, pro- yeah, okay. Well, her chops, her act, like meats. You're, t- <laughs> you're taking body parts. Is that what you're saying? I got, I got her chops. Her, her, quote unquote talent. You're taking parts of her. I'm taking her chops. <laughs> Why did I even think that wouldn't be the case? I should have clarified the other way. Other way. I know your island. Of course, you're taking her chops. Yep. Oh man. What can I take from this thing? It's all talking. Oh, I'm taking. Oh, of course, I'm taking the the promise of Paris to my island. That's oh, yeah? what I'm taking. I'm taking the promise of Paris. <laughs> okay. I'm the promise of Paris. Uh huh. Something to look forward to. Yeah, A Paris that... trip. Right. Uh, to my island. Yeah, I'm taking that. Why? So I can, you know, that's I can keep a little hope in my heart. By the way, Maxine Bonds' character named Hope, and, and at the end, she's that? on a boat. So we proved that hope floats. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna take. The promise of Paris. Man, that's that's sort of deep in a way. It's a little bit, yeah. yeah. And I'll be on my island, just dreaming of the Eiffel Tower, dreaming of the Sorbonne, where right. she's she's gonna get her PhD from. Like that's what she was. Yeah. Remember? Um, she said she's she said she got her PhD, but in what? They didn't really say. I guess it's art themed, right? I guess, but they, she never ever around any art. In this. There is a, a an art exhibit poster on her wall. Is there in her apartment? Does know. she ever hold a brush or a no. pencil? No, she her ever look ratty as shit. This whole movie. So she she's got the Pocahontas hair at one point. That's adorable. Yeah. But does she ever in front of a canvas? No. No. Yeah, she's just naked in bed, like with Ed Burns, or just walking around. Like she doesn't ever mention art at all. She's never naked in bed with Ed. She kind of at one point remember she, he wakes her up and she does. She's already awake. She can't act that she's waking up. I I mentioned and, uh, but she's naked in that scene. But she's not naked, naked. But she's supposed to be undercover, naked. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And Burns is all big, closing it in that scene. He already dressed. Yeah. Put on the oversized shirt, big blocky pants. Anyway, so I take the promise of Paris to my island. Is it getting funnier the more time you're I say in a, it? You're in an exotic location with mm-hmm. all the dreams that you can muster. Yeah. And, and you're thinking about somewhere else? I think I'm thinking of Paris specifically. 
Man, I've, I've created an island I would never want to leave. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about leaving? Mm-hmm. Pop for short. Promise of Paris is what I call it. And you just see me wandering around dreaming, daydreaming. You don't. You don't want to leave, though, what's right? What's he thinking? What's he thinking? What's he? What's he? Wonder what he's thinking about. Paris. And I'm going there someday. Do I want to leave? Yeah. Of course, I want to leave my island. I feel like I'm trapped there, and I'm next to you. And it's just getting worse at your island. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I feel like I've done something significantly wrong in my life to end up next to you. You keep bringing the weirdest. You brought chops. <laughs> Every movie we do, I'm looking in binoculars over to your island going, well, maybe he'll bring something normal and not horrific. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong again. Can't believe you want to leave. Why do you think I got the promise of Paris on my island? Of course. Why do you think I got the chops on mine? <laughs> I don't know. what What's keeping us? I don't understand. We were only 150 shows in. I don't understand the premise. Are, are we trapped in these islands? Let me zoom in. Yeah. No extradition. <laughs>
pente, 